What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, behaves! All right. Woo! Recording this podcast on a Wednesday. Woo, woo! It's, uh, it's still golf weather outside. I don't know about you in the East Bay there, yeah. Johnny boy. But It's been a little, you know, it's like 60, 66, ch- 67. Yeah, it's, it's cold for me. You don't have hair yeah, on your I'm head, looking. guy. You get cold fast. <laughs> beanie weather. Everything is beanie weather. <laughs> exactly. I, I got some new slippers, actually. I ordered some uh, from my guy, Bezos. Uh, you know, he, oh yeah, he pushes a lot of product. You see that he's taking some Uggs. He's taking some shit. Yeah, my Uggs, my other Uggs. I think I'd had for about ten years, and they just they smelled. Yeah. They, it was just time to go. First person I ever saw wear Uggs outdoors was Kenny Amendola. I, I sometimes if I gotta you know go to my uh, you know my mailbox or something, I'll 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 sport them, or I'll just go barefoot if it's not too cold. Keep your oh, that's SoCal. Yeah, that's, that's California yeah, right just, there. It's just who I am. It's it's the ethos of. Middlecoff and his family members and you know third fourth generation Californian hell it might be fifth generation you know came right after the uh people searching for gold we came in the late gold 1800s rush. Yeah. yeah I don't think we got much Levi's gold, jeans that. And... <laughs> <laughs> what's Bezos getting shit for well because so obviously he's the middleman or at least he has been the middleman for all these products well he has just used all that data over the last seven, eight years, right? And seen what consumers want the most of. So if they like certain types of underwear or toilet paper, he's just started making it himself. Amazon Basics? Yeah, and people are saying that he's stealing proprietary information. He's just saying, well, it's my information. You're using my platform. I know what they want, and then we just create it. I'm like... That's kind of good business, in my opinion. Like, you're, you need him, so why wouldn't he try to develop his own product, just have it vertically integrated, you know? Now, again, if you're Uggs or you're whoever, just make a better product. Or, But if he can undercut you, and somehow he can, because he's got all these profits, he can make the slippers for $30, and they don't, you know, they're, they're non-brand, but they feel just as good, and they're way cheaper. Yeah, I, I think, by and large, like the... Uh 
Maybe yeah. I, I, if you're looking for the highest quality item, you're not going. You're not starting at Amazon to begin with, right? So he doesn't need to match. I I, I do think for the most part, is he Kirkland level product? Yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna get toilet paper, if you're gonna toilet paper might be a bad example, but no, like, you can't go cheap. Yeah, on TV. yeah. Uh, let's say one of life's luxuries. Yeah, um, not toilet paper, but I, I'm just trying to think of just other, just like cups or forks or just random. You know, white T-shirt. I, I don't know, just random shit. Like he can just undercut you. Cause yeah, if you're gonna buy like a fucking Rolex, you're not gonna go to him. But what if just like a pair of shoes or something? You're just like, oh, that looks cool. Sweatshirts. I mean, I I randomly end up on a lot of different stuff on Amazon. That I because it just kind of it aggregates and then it does these algorithms and it just kind of knows what I'm thinking. I'm like, how did you know that I was just thinking about Advil? You know, I didn't say anything, and I'm looking at Alexa, and she's she's eyeballing me back. It's like they know what I'm thinking, guy. I know, it's scary. It is, but I'm all I don't I don't even mind anymore. It's just the world we live in. I uh, yeah, you don't mind till the transcript shows up at the hearing. Uh, yeah, oh, I just deny it. How can you prove that I was thinking that? Right. That's what I would. Alexa, do. Alexa's here to testify. You know, I'll throw her off the balcony and throw her right into the, my pool outside. She's 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 stored on the cloud. I know. I'd just say she was lying. <laughs> she made that shit up. I heard this great bit the other day. I, I end up listening to a lot of like uh, Netflix is a joke radio on Sirius XM. What channel's that? It's like ninety two, ninety three. It's like ninety four, maybe. Yeah, I think ninety two is the 90s. PGA channel. Yeah, so it's just above the PGA channel. And uh, and one of the guys did a bit the other day about how Amazon's supposed to save you time, but he goes on Amazon to buy like slippers and he spends, he goes down the rabbit. Now he's reading reviews and he spends all this extra time when it was supposed to be quick and easy. And he's looking at nine different versions and other ones that you might like. Other people who bought this also bought this. Now he's got more reviews. He's right. Have you ever been, have you ever been to Jimmy V's? The ca- you probably did when you used the scout at Stanford. It's the cafe that's connected to the football building at Stanford. Uh, yeah. Where the food is. Yes. yes, they ate lunch there several times. Yeah, and it's right next and to you the know you go through the basketball court right there. It, it's like across the it's like across the little walkway from the basketball arena. It's in the football building is connected to it. There's a, no chance you did. But I'm go. saying the basketball court you, in the football building, you know, in the middle is that is that where their football building still is? Where there's a basketball court, the, you know, the, around in the middle of the football building. Yeah, on the bottom. There, maybe, there used to be a there used to be a basketball bottom. court where the football offices are. There used to be a bas and like the basketball offices like below are ground. No, just like it's on floor one. The football offices were on floor two. On floor one, there's like a walk around, oh. and then there's a basketball court, or it can flip down to basketball court. Maybe they moved since then. Maybe they've got like a hall. It's where Joe Lake. It's where Joe Lake used to play hoops. Well, that's Maples. It's right across the. No, 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 he. They used to play. I think they have another. Not. I'm not talking about play hoops at where Stanford actually plays basketball. I'm saying just a, a little kind of a pickup court. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's connected to the. It might be a little like an underground. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it, but I'm, it's probably still there. the the ba- The first floor of the football office is like a. They're like Hall of Fame now, so maybe it's changed. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. But here's the point. So for people who haven't been there, Jimmy V's is like John lit up. It's like. You just go in. Nothing's more than eight dollars. It's all day long. It's omelets and burritos, breakfast burritos, taco bar burritos, paninis, smoothies, whatever you want. It's super convenient. 
So I went in there on Tuesday because I had a basketball game, and they closed at four. So I made sure to get to Jimmy V's by three, because it's where you tr- everyone everyone tries to go there. And while I was waiting for my food, I was just curious, like, does Jimmy V's have Yelp reviews? So sure enough, I hop on Yelp, and there are some people leave like two star reviews for Jimmy V's, which is just this like restaurant where the menu is frozen in time. And I just started thinking about the people who have the time to leave a two star review for Jimmy V's which is an on-campus cafe with reviews like, you know, the food was okay, but the staff doesn't have the greatest knowledge of the menu. Things like that. Losers. Blows my mind, John. Losers. Blows my mind. Not David Shaw. Couldn't believe it. You know? Losers. Not David. If it's good enough for David Shaw, it's good for me. Well, that's the thing. Why I always like going there is because... But that said, I always do appreciate the people who take photos of the things they got on Amazon and post them in the comments. You would just randomly meet some guy. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? What do you do? Like, I'm the soccer coach of Team USA, <laughs> and I'm the assistant coach here. You're like, God, these are just high-level people. Oh, there's Michael Phelps talking to uh, the Stanford Athletic Shrink. You know, it's just like, just all these super high-level, like the highest of high-level people. Like, I am the dumbest person in here, and not even close. <laughs> I always felt inferior on that campus, intellectually. Now, when it came to grit and mental toughness, I could hang. But just pure intellectual ability, like, if we got to open up a textbook and start, you know, speed reading, I'm fucked. Yeah. When it came to grit of reading, of studying, oh, that's, those guys that's where you bail. A lot of geniuses there, guy. Well, I was talking to a buddy of mine who told me he was, like, in the gym recently and he's like on the treadmill maybe this was last year i don't know but he looks down and maybe katie ledecky still works out there i don't think she's at school anymore the olympian he's like and katie ledecky is like doing her workout he's like i gotta tell you it inspired me to run another mile that that wasn't the swimmer with the baby was it that was a different chick who's katie ledecky olympic swimmer yeah remember one of them remember one of them was older and like just had a baby but that might have been somewhat different. Oh, she was in her forty. That was Dana uh, Torres. Yeah, then had a baby, came right? back. Yeah, she was in her forty. She, but she was in her forties. She, she didn't just have a. And she was old. Yeah, maybe she had babies. You know, she was a mo- yeah. mother. In- incredible accomplishment. Their, their Olympians yeah, there Dana are Torres. just. I mean, it's like that chick, Tiger Woods. You know, I mean, it's just the cream of the crop. Well, they have a smoothie called the Lakeham, so he must that must be the one after he plays hoops. Yeah. And Joe just you know is like an honorary member of the campus. Actually, he, did he go to Stanford Business School? Probably. Stanford Business School, yeah. yeah. All right, this podcast is brought to you by Ease at easewellness.com, promo code HAM, E-A-Z-E, or E-A-Z-E wellness.com, promo code HAM. Yeah, I would imagine Stanford Business School. Probably have some people dabbling with ease.com. Go yeah. check it out. Uh, promo code HAM, uppers, downers, pre-rolls, sleep aids, you name it, they have it, gummies. Uh, gummies that are very under control. You know exactly how much you're taking. And I use it all the time. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Very easy. Delivered to your house. It's like the Uber Eats of uh, cannabis delivery guy. Really can't beat very it. Easy. Very easy to use. Promo no. code HAM, promo code HAM. Tell your friends. That's right. The Ease.com, promo code HAM. Delivered within hours, sometimes minutes. The Ease Wellness. In a couple of days, that's the nationwide CBD shipment. Promo code HAM, 20 bucks off. Your first delivery over 50 bucks. Tell your friends if you've already used it. We appreciate the support from uh, you and from Ease, and we appreciate the support of Manscaped.com. Code HAM. 20% off. Free shipping. Buzz, 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 buzz.
It's it's in the other room. I might have used it on my face ah. earlier today. I, I I washed it. I washed it. I don't know if that's recommended. Uh, that uh, that guy manscaped.com, promo code ham twenty percent off. We use it lawnmower two It doesn't get any better than that. Easy to use. Uh, like you said, they, they have other products too. Some some uh, testicle deodorant, ball deodorant. Make those uh mm-hmm. ma- make the lower regions uh, smell good. After you get a trimmy trim trim, no nicks or cuts. That's the other thing. I, I've never used a trimmer where it didn't look kind of like a war zone. You know, I've told the story many times. Almost took off the nipple. This, that's the great part about the lawnmower 2.0 is you can just go aggressive, go ham, and it, you, it's just gonna be smooth and flow. And you know, I got way too much hair all over my body. The irony of having no hair on my head. But you got to let it go because you don't want to look like a woolly mammoth when you're uh, going to Hawaii here in a couple of days. So you don't want to look too. Uh, oh yeah. But actually, if you're, I kind of like the look if you're jacked to have a little hair, you know, like a like a Jason Statham or something. But that's not really my look. Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you when you got some, uh, you're not finely tuned. You, right. That extra, you trim the hair, it actually makes you look a little skinnier. It kind of messes with the eyes, messes with the mind. Lawnmower yeah. 2.0. Yeah, but also hair can sometimes hide some of the imperfections. Oh, we don't call them imperfections, John. We call them uh, characteristics. Exactly, guy. We 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 never ever diminish life. You are perfect. You are all perfect. However, you are. However, God made you. Some of you are okay, (laughs) including myself. And this and this helps, or uh, yeah, I I have no room to talk. I do. I do one of those like ah, just ah, just must be a little must be a little full today. It's like no, it's that's just. That's just that's me. Where your six pack ain't. That's me. That's stomach. me, baby. I'm right there with you. Uh, all right, here we go. Big weekend. The 49ers. Nick Wagoner of ESPN wrote this. Did the research. The 49ers are entering one of the toughest stretches in the history of the NFL. No team has ever played a three game stretch this late in the season against. Three teams that all have a winning percentage over 80%. That's what the Niners are walking into when it starts at home with the Packers on Sunday night. Uh, pretty incredible. Well, just do the math, right? The Packers are 8-2. and two, The Ravens are 8-2. and two, So that's 16-4. and four, And then the Saints are 9-1. and one, Or they're 8-2, and two too. Oh, yeah, because they lost to the, uh, the Falcons a couple weeks ago. So you're basically playing three straight 8-2 and two teams. Two of them on the road. <clears throat> and you'd say, if you were ranking just the, you know, you did a top five in the league, all three of them are in the top five in some order, right? The Patriots, the Niners, the Saints, the Ravens, and the Packers. Now, you'd say there's really a top six because how could you not put Seattle? Seattle played the Niners at home and beat them. So there's like a kind of a top power six, in my opinion, right now. And the Niners are going in a stretch. If you want to include Seattle, where they're playing four game, four opponents in five games, they're just fucking good, you know. And two of honestly, man, call me crazy. I would include Atlanta. They've just won back to back road games against New Orleans and Carolina. Did you see what Dan Quinn and did? Not even, they blew they blew them both out. Did you see what Dan Quinn did over the bye what, week? Sign a contract extension? No, they, they like picked names out of a hat to reassign the staff. And they like change play calling duties because he he I think he was desperate right he was one yeah. and seven Raheem, Raheem went from wide receiver coach to DB and coach, he's call which, and he's duh. calling part of the defense so it's like they just kind of pick names out of a hat they switched it all up 
And like you said, they, they look fucking good. And you take a step back, you go, well, they don't have scrubs, right? They got a guy named Julio. They got Calvin Ridley. They got some pretty good. I saw Tariq, uh, Tariq McKinley. Is that how you say his name? The kid from UCLA who they drafted a couple years ago in the first Ta- round. Uh, Ta- yeah, uh, Tack McKinley. Who, who yeah. brought up the picture of his grandma. I mean, it's not funny. She's right. passed away on stage. It was awesome, though. And, like, everyone's getting sacks now. So, yeah, I, if that's the easiest game you have, which record-wise down the stretch, because I don't factor in, like, oh, L.A. is just some pushover. Like, they're not terrible. So, yeah, the Seattle game is the last game, so it's actually six weeks away. But They just got some games. But the Atlanta man. game and the Rams games are just at home, right? The Packers, the, the Falcons, and the Rams games are at home. You could make the case the Niners – need to win all three of those home games if they're going to have a first-round bye. In the well, I think when you factor in that they're 9-1, and one, like if I told you right now the Niners were 6-4, and four, would you feel good about them being a playoff team? No. Exactly. Not in the NFC. Because I think we're talking about like, are we sure they're going to go 12-4? and four? It's like, think how crazy that is. They're 9-1. and fucking one. Usually when you're 9-1, and one, you're like, oh, you're going to be a 14-2 and two team. If they, made, if they go 13-3, and three, I think everyone would be like, yeah, that was... That was an incredible final stretch because they'll probably have beaten, you know, at minimum, the Packers, the Ravens, uh, the Saints, and Seattle. They would win two of those four games. Right. So you'd be like, damn, these guys are playing good football. They're going to be tough to beat in uh, in January. So this is where taking care of business early in the season with some of those shittier teams and overcoming, like, the Steeler game when they had five turnovers, find a way to win. You're in position now – I think this game guy, though, when you look big picture, is, I don't want to say must win, but these next two road games, I think it's unrealistic to say you're going to win them both. You take care of business here. Again, you're not playing with house money because, as I learned last week, I had $850 from my LSU-Kansas State win, and then I bet it all, and then now I no longer have any of it. So it's just... Mm. You win. The house has its money back. Yes, the house has, and my money that I originally gave them. You win this game, though, you're in very good shape. Because then you're 10-1. and one. You are then unofficially a lock for the playoffs. You just got to try to win, you know, three more games to get that by. That's the goal. Find a way to split with the Ravens and the Saints, which is going to be really, really difficult. But it's, it's Yeah, you'd rather win the Saints game. Like, if you were going to win three more games this season, right, I think the three games you would pick would be the Green Bay game, the Saints game, and the Seattle game. You'd be okay with losing Agreed. the other ones. Because then you got tiebreakers. Uh, you got to win this one, though. And this You would be okay with it, but 12-4, 12, 12 I guess if you've won those games, though, does that get you? What is that? 12-4 doesn't get you the one seed. Like the no, tiebreaker, I think it could get you the two because I, I had forgotten. Yeah. I, for some reason, I thought the Saints, and this is where I forget that Raheem Morris is now calling defense, and they, the Saints got their ass kicked by the Falcons. Like them being eight and two instead of nine and one is a little different, right? The Niners mm-hmm. do have this one game buffer. All these teams, like, are the Packers going to not lose another game? Are C- is Seattle not going to lose another game? To me, the only team that might not... like I, I think the Saints are better than the Packers in Seattle, and they're probably still going to lose another game. There is a chance that 12-4 and four gets you the two-seed. Now, the two-seed just means... I had forgotten... Well, I guess I hadn't forgotten, but we just don't talk about it that much because it's so far away. And I think we talk more about the second year and the third year with Harbaugh. But his first year... 
They didn't make the Super Bowl, but they were the one seed at 13-3. and So they got two yeah. home games. Now they won that historic home game against the Saints, and then they lost the historic home game against the Giants. I mean, those were two just all-time <laughs> Niner playoff games. But I, I think that shows you, even if you do get a one or a two seed, your games are going to be a mother, right? Because that, sec- that second round, it might be the Cowboys, it could be the Vikings, and then the third round will be like the Saints or the Packers. Like, if you win the NFC this year, whether it's the Niners, whether it's the Packers, whether it's the Saints, whoever it is, you're going to be incredibly accomplished. Because you'll probably have won 13, 12, 13 games, and then you'll have beat two 12-win teams. Unless you do it from like the, like if the, Let's say the Packers were to win the the NFC and they were the three seed, they would have to win three games. It, it would be you could argue it's borderline impossible this season, given how good the NFC is, to make the Super Bowl without the one or the two seed. Just of the challenge that well, would, because you would you'd get one home game guaranteed, and then you'd probably have to play two road games against two really good teams. Is there so? Niners, I can see all all six of these teams being in the NFC Championship game. Niners, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings. All six of those teams, if you told me two of them are in the NFC Championship game, I would believe you. Belichick did just say, and now he says the Dolphins are good, that he can't imagine, and I, I do think he's not just blowing smoke on this one, a quarterback that is playing better than Dak this year. So you go, yeah, Jason Garrett got some issues, but they do have a quarterback that is playing at a super high level, and they do have a lot of talent. Like, the Cowboys can... If I told you the Niners played the Cowboys, the Niners are the two seed, Cowboys win the first round against Seattle, and the Niners play the Cowboys, you're not just going, oh, that's a win, right? Like, the Cowboys could be the Niners. Fuck yeah, they could. The Cowboys are good. Meanwhile, the AFC, I'd say... At most, you'd say three teams in the conference championship game. Feels like two, it, Patriots, it feels Ravens, like Chiefs. two and a half until the Chiefs get a little healthier than it yeah. gets to three. Yeah. Though, right. if I told you, do you feel comfortable playing a healthy Mahomes in a playoff game? No, and I like I think we can talk about the. I, I think their defense is like they held it together when he was hurt. Uh, so I don't know if they're quite as bad as we talk about them sometimes, but. No, I wouldn't want to play them. Now, am I playing them at home or am I playing in Kansas City? You know, if you're telling me the Ravens are hosting the Chiefs, that'd be a hell of a game, actually. That would be incredible. Guy, I, we have a chance for some unreal second-round matchups. <clears throat> Just Cowboys, Packers, Niners, Saints, Chiefs, Ravens, Patriots, Pick whoever you want as the, as the fourth one in the AFC. You told me the Colts. I, I can live with that. The problem is, like, Jacoby ain't beating New England, you know? Like, the Colts are just not. But he might keep it close. Uh, I, I have a hard time seeing one of those, like, Houston or Indy going into New England and keeping it close. Uh, all right, so the Niners on Sunday. What do you think of this matchup? Uh... I mean, outside of Aaron, there's basically four guys that if you put their faces on a big piece of cardboard and held it outside of Levi Stadium on Sunday, I don't think people could pick no, out a lineup. No, they wouldn't be able to. That's what's so kind of crazy <clears throat> about this Packer season is Aaron Jones, who is probably the most underrated guy in the league, 
given that guy, he has 14 total touchdowns this year. 14. He has 11 touchdowns on the ground. Between him and Jamal Williams, who I sneaky always kind of like coming out of BYU, they have 20 total touchdowns. They're two running backs. 20 total touchdowns. 20! They have eight receiving touchdowns between the two of them. I don't think the 49ers, when you, because when. So Jamal Williams has five receiving five. touchdowns. When you think the Packers. And one rushing I think touchdown. you think, like, oh, just Rodgers slinging that pill around. He's, you know, he's got a couple of random guys now. Obviously, Devontae. Devontae has zero touchdowns this year. Now, part of it is he got turf toe and was kind of banged up. But they are, like, Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Like, those guys have been solid, but the running backs have carried this fucking team. And they have the best wide receiving name group. Well, because they're pretty random right now. For, with I mean, obviously Devontae's a star, but the all the other guys are like, who's this Lazard guy? Touchdown, eighteen catches. But I just look at the two running backs. I, I think most Niner fans, if you're just or just casual football fans, if you're not a Packer fan, you're not locked in on them. You're like, oh, just Rogers slinging around this year. They're kicking. No, actually, they're just these running backs are killing people. Aaron Jones is really good. And they had one of the, it's only a year in, really, 10 games in, of just hitting a home run on a couple free agent signings. I call them the, if, when you're good and you have the same last name, you just become the brothers, kind of like Alden and Justin, yeah. kind of like right. Zadarius and Preston. They're just the Smith brothers. They have, depending on where you look, like 18 and a half the night. Yeah, I've got 10 for yeah, Preston. I, you give them, give them 18 and a half sacks between the two of them, guy. They think about the last couple of years. You're like, God, Clay Matthews stinks. Uh, the kid, I guess he's not a kid anymore, but the dude from USC. I think his last name was per- Nick Perry. Does that name sound familiar? He's a pass rusher. Yeah, he, he never really mounted anything. They just didn't have a pass rush. Once Clay Matthews kind of just became a guy, which irony, the Rams signed him and he's having his best season in like seven years. But these guys are wrecking shop, <laughs> like. You pay a lot of money for two pass rushers, and 60% of the season they have combined for 18 sacks. Like, if you get – if they end up with, like, 14 and 12, and you get 25-plus sacks out of the two of them, like, does it get any better than that as a free agent signing for two outside linebackers? Like, what a year. And they're pretty good. Like, I was looking at their contracts earlier. They're – it's like they're paying the two of them $62 million through the first two years of their deals. But, like, the total guarantees aren't – crazy they just got a lot of money up front which is good for those guys but like this is why you were saying you said a couple weeks ago like hey Washington Redskins the point of thing is to draft good players and keep good players like Preston Smith was a second round pick like how do you how old is he I mean this is fifth year in the well, league that, why is he not on the Redskins well think about this I, <laughs> how do you draft a guy it's one thing like you draft him late rounds turns out you have all these other good players you can't pay them maybe you trade them how do you let that guy walk how does that happen, guy? I, I, I mean, what's the point of drafting, especially high pick? You use a second round pick on them. The Packers are like, you're just giving this to guy to me. I even say this. Listen, the Ravens overcome it, but how do the Ravens constantly let guys walk? They never. It's a hell of a fourth round. They pick. never resign good players. Like, if I was a team in need of a free agent, I'd be like, well, the first team I look at is like, well, who are the Ravens undrafted free or unrestricted free agents this year? Because they're always going to have a couple, and they. Now, maybe they'll change because Ozzie was obsessed with the compensatory picks. But these players, guy, should not hit the open market. 
Like, when do players that have like double digits just become un- well, like even to get D Ford, you got to trade for is it him. Gonna happen? You get Clowney, you got to trade it- for him. Is it going to happen with the 49ers this year? Fuck no. You think they're going to let just Eric Armstead walk? Well, I'm just saying, like, at some point, they've got all these first-round defenses. Now, these aren't – we're talking about second- and fourth-round guys, too, with the Pat, with the uh, the two Smith brothers. But still, once they, once they get three or four years in, they establish themselves being good players, the round is kind of irrelevant. It's more just, I'm not going to let this asset just leave for free. Like, could you could well, you imagine you don't get seeing, the fifth-year option. That's, but that's can you point. imagine the Niners, who are lucky they don't have anyone to franchise beside this guy, letting Eric Armstead just walk for free? Because I can't. No. I would be, I would, I mean, it would just be, it would go against everything that they kind of stand for economically. You know, they're just not into that. They don't. I'd, I'd be like, told you so. I told you wouldn't be on the team long <laughs> when he got drafted. <laughs> Honestly, what I would expect probably the most likely is franchise and keep another year. Or franchise and trade if they get a first rounder. Or maybe trade Buckner. I, I don't know what they're going to do. But they ain't letting guys just. Eric Armstead won't just be on the Eagles next year getting 12 sacks. Like, how'd they get him? Oh, the Niners just let him walk. Free agency. Yeah, no, no chance. $60 million. They, But here's the other thing, guy. When you look at their defensive roster, you know who's a pretty good player? Is for all the guys, I guess Buda Bakers was on that Washington team is, is a solid player. But Sidney Jones, and maybe it's unfair. Once he tore his Achilles, maybe it was just kind of over. But... Kenny King's a good yeah. player. Yeah. Or is it Kevin King? And he was the least talked about of the three coming out, probably. Was he the lowest? Well, I guess Sidney got hurt. Did Kevin King go yeah, ahead? Yeah, he went him? high in the or second he's... round. Yeah. And then they drafted Jair Alexander that's good. Between those two guys, they got 23 PBUs. Like, those guys make a ton of plays. Blake Martinez, the middle linebacker from Stanford's good. I just look at their roster. When you factor in Rodgers, still Rodgers. Adding the two Smith brothers drafting a couple good corners, Kenny Clark's a stud. They're just good. Like, their team is just pretty well-rounded. And that's, I think, when the Niners were kind of taking advantage of them in the, like, 12, 13, 14, kind of that little run where they play them in the playoffs a couple times and beat them, they were a little, they were a little more NBA-style, like, Aaron-dependent. Like, Aaron, you got to carry us. They, when you look at them now, they're like, they're, they're just... They're just more of a team, you know? It's why, not that my take on Matt LaFleur, I don't feel that wrong about it, but he's been much more capable than clearly I would ever imagined. But he did inherit, you just look at the roster, like, pretty fucking good team, (laughs) you know? Like, you gave, if I told you that, well, maybe Aaron hates the guy if McCarthy was still there, but if I just put Coach X on that, like a Marvin Lewis, uh, whoever, like, they, they would be good. They're just good. You know, you could put any capable coach on this team and they're probably going to the playoffs. It's not one of those like, how are they doing this? For example, I think Sean McDermott deserves some credit in Buffalo because you look at their team and you're like, how many touchdowns has Josh Allen thrown? Like, how how are they doing this? You know, who are their great players? Like, where Frank Frank Gore's getting going? Their schedule is how they're doing Their schedule helps. (laughs) But you just give that guy credit for – Having an elite defense, like it's clear what he's he's a he's a defensive coordinator or the defensive coach. It makes sense, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I this to me is one of these games where it's like, does Jimmy have to be better than Aaron Rodgers? No, because defense is pretty good. But and part of this is that this is and we don't talk about him really this way. But it's kind of this stretch is kind of a coach of the year 
candidacy stretch for Kyle because there are playing teams that are just going to be as talented as them in some spots or as good as them in others. And so it's like, okay, what's going to separate? I heard the great stat on NFL radio on uh, moving the chains on Tuesday. NFL teams that are trailing at halftime only win 19% of the time. So like the leading team wins 81% of the time in the NFL. This year, the Niners have trailed three times and are three and zero in those games. Like that part of that to me is coaching. Who do you, who do you think has more touchdown passes this year, Garoppolo or Rodgers? <laughs> uh, what did we say Jimmy has? Four, uh, no, he's got more than that. I'll go Jimmy just since yeah, you asked. He's got eighteen. Aaron has seventeen. Th- think about wow. that. What about the what's? How many picks does Aaron have? That's a difference too. <laughs> That's like when you see. You know when Russell Wilson threw that touch or that pick in the in the Monday night game to Greenlaw, which was just an incredible play. Someone was like, "That's his yeah. first pick in seven thousand attempts since week one." You're like, "Yeah, that's not Jimmy," because <laughs> you, know? you watch Rodgers and Russell; they don't really even throw that many pickable balls. Like every other pass, Jimmy's throwing is like, "Whoa!" <laughs> now some of them are like rewatching the game. J- Jimmy does make a ton of plays. He just the picks are just. It's part you know, of his we talked about it the other day. I, I just we've talked about it since the beginning of the season. How many plays above replacement is he making? And he makes some he makes some plays that make you scratch your head, there's no doubt. But I think he makes as many plays above replacement as the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Just plays where you're like, I don't know what's about to happen, and he makes a play out of it. He is I don't know if he's number one plays above replacement, but replacement level, but I'm telling you, man, he is up Do you there. remember the throw? I went back and watched the Rodgers. I want to say watch. I just had it in the background. The throw he made on Sunday Night Football rolling out, and he was kind of falling, and he flings it, and he hits Aaron Jones in the back of the end zone. Rolling to his right. Rolling to his to right his against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. He's rolling to his right. He kind of flings it kind of off the side. Just an incredible throw. I mean, it's probably the, one no. of the plays of the year. Because Rodgers probably is the plays above replacement king over the last 10 years, wouldn't you say? Especially because he doesn't throw picks. Yeah, but that became kind of his knock like three years ago. It was like, Aaron, you do need to – you got to find a little bit better balance. But yes, And I think I, he's I, found I, yes. that balance. But his plays of our, of our lifetime, of not like really feeling the Marino-Elway experience – the Favre experience had probably more bad, right? He th- consistently threw more picks. This guy is probably the greatest plays above replacement quarterback I've ever watched. Like, Manning was just so precise, right? And Brady's just so in control. Rodgers is really a little more like an artist, right? He's a little more like a basketball player almost. Like, what? How did he do that? I mean, he's had... I mean, any time that you've hit... I mean, guy, he, how many Hail Marys has he hit? Like four? I mean, I, I, he's he hit the one. Well, didn't he hit three in one season? Yeah. I mean, he's hit multiple Hail Mary game winners. I In the history of Hail Marys, do you ever remember a Hail Mary completion beside Rodgers? Because I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe college. Cole Pepper to Moss? Was that a Hail Mary situation? I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure he threw a bunch just up to Randy. I mean, Cordell Stewart. That's what I'm saying. Definitely. I, you don't – he had – you're right. I think he had three in one season. He had two in one game. Calvin Johnson had to have one. Does, who, does Julio have one? Can Matt throw it that far? 
Didn't Julio come in to break up? Didn't he? Doesn't he have a pick on a hail mary? Yeah, right. He, I think it was in a playoff game against the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you put Rodgers as a top ten quarterback team, all time? I think. I mean, just without even just like I, what we know of his stats off the top of our heads and watching him play. Yes. Who would you say is more likely? to win the second Super Bowl? Would it be Rodgers or would it be Breeze? Uh, you'd say it's I mean, hard Breeze to put just, Russell in that category. Just He's got a lot more time than those guys. Yeah, I mean, just organizationally, you feel it. I mean, the Packers, obviously. I, it's hard to knock them when you compare them to the Saints just because we see what they just did in free agency. It does feel like the Saints just are more consistently in the mix. Does that feel right to you? Well, but, but they, they've had – I mean, one thing Breeze has had that Rodgers would tell you he's definitely not had. I mean, Sean Payton's probably a borderline Hall of Famer, you know? Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's got him as a – like, this is part of the – But you would say the Packers have been one of the most consistent organizations in the last, like, 30 years. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I You can't – I would tell you my gut is just I feel like Aaron's better, so I would just say Aaron finds a way to win another Super Bowl. If one of the two of them had If you to told it. me the Niners can't make the NFC Championship you game. You think Aaron's better than Breeze? Yes. Better player. Breeze benefits much. Now, and I think Breeze is awesome. But if you told me I had to pick one of them at 27 years old to have for the next 10 years, I it wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah. Because I also think Aaron is a little more transcendent where the coach can be shittier and he can overcome it. Where Breeze would be a little more dependent on the guy. Just to be able to operate his offense, because the one the other thing you'd say about Rodgers is, he Devontae's established himself, but he ain't exactly playing with Camaros and the, I mean he didn't get Jimmy Graham in his prime like I mean, you know Michael Thomas. You know Michael Thomas has ninety one catches. It's November twentieth, guy. Like they they have stars, stars like Aaron Jones. Is he becoming a star because the Packers, or is he a star? You know, now yeah. he's a good player, but yeah, I would say Rodgers. I, I think an NFC Championship game, if the Niners aren't going to make it between the Packers and the Saints, would be pretty unreal. Because then it would guarantee one of those guys getting a shot right against mm-hmm. the Patriots. Uh, yeah, I said the Patriots, probably the Patriots. <laughs> against the Patriots. <laughs> Do you think people want to see the Patriots again in the uh, in the Super Bowl? I think they think they don't, but yeah, they do. They won't mind it when it happens. Yeah. I don't, like, I, here's I, what I, I hear don't this need in anymore, football. though, guys. I don't need any more Brady Super Bowls. Like, he's had enough. So I Let's agree. start just I giving agree. some other pelts on the wall to other people. But have you, have you noticed that when there's not a great game in college football, that you have you noticed what Fox does? Have you noticed where Gus and Joel are? No. They're at Ohio State. It's like week one, Ohio State, Wofford. Week two, Ohio State, whoever. Week three, Ohio. They just people are like, oh, I'm so tired of seeing these shitty Ohio State games. Well, they watch, they watch, and they rate. Now this week's a different story because it's Penn State. It's but I would game, imagine but. this year those two have been between Michigan and Ohio State like five times of their eight games. I think they've. I think they. I think this is like their fourth Ohio State game. Maybe more. It might be more honestly. Well, they're they're definitely going to call the Michigan Ohio State game, right? They are calling that game every year. They, that's why Fox paid all this money for the Big Ten. They get that game. Yeah. So they've definitely got an early season Ohio State game. 
You're right. I think they've just got another thrown in Ohio State game, and this game is. Well, I think they had the first two. I think they had their first two like games that were gonna. It was like, you know, it'd be like halftime, be like you know, what Ryan Day's to Urban, be like, what Ryan Day. I know what he's telling him. He's telling him, guys, it's only thirty-five. <laughs> I feel like I saw that halftime show yeah, like three right. times already. We're only up by thirty-five, fellas. You're right. Anyway, so Saturday nights, Sunday nights, gonna be. This is a good football. We got that game. We got this game. We'll get the headlines and games later, but. I, I saw this graphic Sunday Night Football the other day, and it was Garoppolo and Rodgers. And I wish they had done like a Steve Young to Brett, and then they transform into Garoppolo and Rodgers. Too soon for that? I think we're ready. I don't think it's too soon. Well, it's for not that. too soon for Aaron getting that treatment. Uh, Jimmy. It, John, it's Niners Packers on Sunday yeah, Night Football. Yeah, you can do, you can like, do I'm it. I'm not saying we've got to call him Steve Young, but like these are the two. Like these teams, these are two of the best teams in the NFL right now. Like Jimmy's not twenty-two. We can't wait. Like we've got to start doing it I now. Agree. Well, if, if you're our age, you you were a mid-eighties baby. You grew up then. Once your kind of football watching world kind of started taking shape, would be the early nineties. It was three NFC teams that mattered. It was the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Packers for like a seven-year stretch where they had. Hall of Famers everywhere. They were the Fox signs the NFL contract, and they basically just showed those three teams in some order every week playing some team. And they were just praying to God they played each other. And then in the playoffs, they would play each other. This is this is a very my youth type game. You'd be like, oh, Bulls-Knicks. Now, if you told Bulls-Knicks on TNT, I'd turn it off. Uh, but this game I will watch, clearly. And thank God it's back. I, I'm actually looking forward to this. I mean, of course, I look forward to every football weekend. But this is a – there's just a lot on the line. It's a big-time game. It doesn't get any better than this. Honestly, if I told you at the beginning of the year, hey, man, the Niners are going to be 9-1, and Packers are going to be 8-2, Sunday night football. You'd be like, John, don't be greedy. You know, just 6-4, and 7-3 and three would work. It's, <laughs> if you had, fo- it's the Fox afternoon point. game would be cool. You'd be like, fuck, I'm in. If you had, if you had set this one up like this at the beginning of the year – I don't even you would have said like all right that's a little crazy right it would have been asking too much it would have been asking too much and it just would have felt like who you never with the exception of one team maybe coming into this year two Kansas City the other you just don't predict teams are one loss two losses 10 weeks into the season you just just don't I agree so uh all right have you been checking uh, New York weather I have Cold, windy, rainy. Opportunity. That's what I say, John. When life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Raiders play Kansas City uh, in two weeks. Chiefs coming off of a bye, so Andy's deep in the lab, as you know, your boy. But Raiders need this one bad. And if they do it, this is one of those, I don't care if it's 13 to 12, right? I really... I don't care how most of these look as long as you win them when you're scrapping for playoff position. But this one, this has historically not been – this is just hard for everybody. This has not been the uh, – these games have not been easy for this this era of the Raiders, these East Coast cold-weather games. Yeah, I mean, I just – to me, it's not even the Raiders. It's more the quarterback. When I think Derek Carr and I think Jared Goff, those two guys, lifetime Californians – uh, now, Jared, where he went to college, is a little chillier, but, I mean, it's, you know, some fog. It's not that cold. When I think of mid-40s, high-30s, rain, 
This is not Derek's cup of tea. And you go, well, this is a good thing. The Raiders have a dominant offensive line and an offensive rookie of the year running back. You go, well, the problem is I see Brian Baldinger with his baldy breakdowns bring up a good point. The Jets are the number one team against the run. So you go, well, something's got to give. Or can Derek carry the offense throwing the ball because the Jets have awful corners and have no pass rush. So you go, if you're going to do anything against the Jets, you're going to throw it on them because they can't cover and they can't get to the quarterback. The one thing they can do is stop the run. But can the Raiders, in that situation, in the rain, just throw it 45 times and win? We haven't really seen them operate like that because every success they've had this season has just been kicking the shit out of you with Jacobs and then throwing it off that, and it's worked really well. I I think what Gruden's done is turned Carr into this version of the good Alex Smith. High completion percentage, not many turnovers, uh, and just a high-level game manager, but he's got more explosive arms so he can push the ball down the field. But it's all based off the run. It's not not just high completion percentage, the, the highest. highest in the league. Like it's two percent better than Kirk Cousins. Seven. It's almost was he seventy two? But I, they're kind of running the offense. A, well, Breeze is seventy. Breeze is 75. the offense is a little different, right? But Breeze missed so many games, so it's you know I'd say the Cousins thing is much more apples to apples. But you know, Breeze yeah. would be like, well, hey guys, I'm the fucking most accurate quarterback in the history of the league. I'd say fair. You're going to the Hall of Fame, so yeah, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt with your thumb injury. Uh, your, your numbers would have been high. Cousins like Carr, what do they do? They dominate on the ground. I think Dalvin Cook right now leads the league in rushing. So, and Josh Jacobs is like three or four. I think he's forward when I looked this morning. So, both those two guys dominate off play-action pass. And Cousins, probably more than Carr, is throwing deep bombs to Diggs and Thielen. Where Derek is is not like throwing deep. They don't have a deep threat. But he is pushing the ball down the field to Waller and Tyrell Williams. So... I, I just this game's going to be better than people think because I, I watched the Jets game against the Redskins and the Redskins stink, but Sam Darnold looks pretty good and yeah he's a California guy but he does I I think you benefit when you live in the city just being getting a little used to the cold you know it, it's just I'm looking outside guys the Raiders are 20 minutes away from me it's it's sunny it's going to be like 69 degrees today how, how do you get ready for 45 and rain there's there's, you know, we're not going to do the Chip Kelly making fun of the snow. Remember when he squirted water on the ball and then they played Matt Barkley in the snow in Chicago and lost. But there's, what can Gruden do? Like, how do you get ready? for? You can wet the balls, maybe, but you can't. Like, you're still wearing a T-shirt. It's not cold. I, I think that's the most difficult, underrated thing that we face as Californians in, in the football world is just how do we prepare for cold games? Yeah. And there, there really isn't an yeah. answer. Like, how does Derek improve on it besides just playing through it? And he's really probably only going to have one or two games a year, right? You know, just depending on who they're playing and how they're scheduled. Maybe sometimes three if they got Denver, Kansas City, and maybe like a New England or something on their schedule. But it's just, it's going to be pretty random. Now, he, I, I would say pretty consistently, depending on how the schedule works, he could probably get Kansas City or Denver, you know, past about this time of year moving forward. And it feels like for most of his career, he's played Denver in the cold. But he ha- but at least Denver's not 
you know, th- this is true 10 a.m. body clock stuff, right? That's the other factor with these games sometimes. Uh, however much you think it matters, it just it is part of the equation. I, I think the, the, off, the other side of it is the Jets don't run the football well. They're second to last in the league. But they, do have, but they Darnold, do have a good running back. They do have a good running back, and Darnold will throw interceptions. So I don't think the Raiders need necessarily to throw the ball 45 times in this game. They are going to have to make some plays, but, and they will have to not throw an interception. Here's the thing with the – Like, to me, it's, I would tell you this. If Derek has no interceptions, they win I the football agree. game. I, they win, I feel really good that the Raiders win if Derek I'd say one big day. difference between the Jets and the, the Raiders, though is Lamarck's joiner's hurt. Carl Joseph's, you know, the shittiest game-winning pick ever because he fucking, I don't know, did he break his ankle, high ankle sprain, whatever. It feels like he's out for the year. Uh, you got Conley's gone, so they're playing with young corners. They're playing DJ Swearingen, the guy they signed off, you know, was basically just a street free agent, started last week. So you're playing with DBs that aren't exactly Jamal Adams because I'm watching the game against Dwayne Haskins. Jamal Adams had three sacks. He is everywhere. I do understand where he went, you try to trade me? You try to trade me, motherfuckers? Because <laughs> you, watch, you watch one series of a Jets defense, he makes, at, even if it's a three and out, he's going to be in two of the three plays. He's everywhere. Just thinking, God, the Niners took Solomon Thomas over this guy. But uh, you can't, can't cry over spilled milk. He's a really, really good player. Now that his his surroundings aren't great, you know the other DBs, but he is he's elite. You know he's you feel his presence. You know he had that play. Who was it? Oh, it was Danny Dimes where he just Dane, you know, Dane he the ball. But he just like that was a handoff. He is very like a little bit different of a player, but he's got some Ed Reed to him where he just makes these spectacular plays that only. You know, I don't even know if there's another safety in the league at this point in time. Like, Earl's not doing it anymore. Earl used to do it when he was young. Just like, what did he just do? That's what Jamal has. So, can Jamal not wreck their shit? And luckily that they can just play the run with their defensive line, which has been in their, you know, front six, I guess, uh, or seven, that has done a good job. Can you throw it? Like, can you just drop back in the cold and the wet and just throw? That's... Now, maybe Gruden's like, we'll be able to establish a run on him. This actually is a very, very interesting kind of chess matchy game between Gruden and uh, our boy, Greg Williams. You forget, like, you, people make fun of him. He is a nutty ego guy, but he's not, like, slap dick coach. He doesn't. He has been coaching the league for, like, 35 years. Like, he knows what he's doing, <laughs> right? I think sometimes mm-hmm. that gets lost on him because he's, he's dyed his goatee and he he kind of went, you know, like, uh, obviously he didn't murder anybody, but Scott Peterson, remember, he was changing his look. That's what it kind of felt like when Greg Williams went after Bounty Gate. It's like, God, Greg, you know, we know who you are. You don't need to fucking die to go team, buddy. <laughs> you know, we get you were the one suspended. I guess the other thing, the other thing with this game, we'll have a chance to talk about it after the fact on the, ba- on the ba- next bounties podcast of the on, week. Bounties uh, on anyone this week, you think? Uh, if you, yeah. if you were Greg Williams, and you were putting bounties out like a guy you need to take out. I'd say I want Waller out. Cause I take Waller out. Their passing game's kind of fucked. Then we can just kind of right. double team, uh, Tyrell Williams. We, we, one thing we do well, we don't need to do bounties is just, we stop the run so we can hang there. But if they can just keep throwing it to Waller, he's going to kick our ass. 
Man, maybe Jamal's like, Coach, I got you. <laughs> give me that. Give me that grand. <laughs> grand? How, what do you think bounties cost? Yeah, maybe a grand. I feel like it's probably gone up lately. First, first oh, rounders. Yeah, inflation. So, what do you think? Like five Gs? Yeah, maybe five. Does Greg have what that is, money? What, what would quantify or qualify as like executing the bounty? Knock the guy out of the game? Uh, yeah. Just knock him out. Just get him out. So he can't play. Doesn't even need to be an injury. Just hit him hard, make him not want to play. Or does it have to be an injury? I mean, I guess if you hit him hard enough and you take the wind out of him and he doesn't want to go over the middle anymore, that probably helps. But I don't think you... I think the bounty is... Like, the saying was, shake the head, the body will die. Kill the head. Kill the head. Kill the head and the body will die. That was yeah, the same. Kill the head. Not rough him up a little. Kill. Not make him make him want to quit. Make him want to quit would have been enough. But it wasn't make him want to quit. It was kill. Not kill the body. Kill the head well, and the body will well, die. And there was. That guy's insane. And, and there was. But again, guys, this is locker room football talk. So you, you want you want to watch the games on Sunday, 25 million people. And then you, want to, you really want to know the sausage was made or you just want to sit there and be entertained? No, I want I want mic'd up segments that are just let's go, let's go. That's that's uh, all right, baby. This is our house. Adam Silver's like, yep, that's what we produce. It is <laughs> there was another one had something to do? Was it Crabtree's ACL or was it uh, was it Frank Gore's ACL? You snap their ACL, he'll he'll quit. I was like, whoa, that's extreme. Um, was it Vernon? It was it definitely was, one of their I think ACLs. It was Frank. Yeah. Frank's like, yeah, I had seven ACL surgeries like 10 years ago. What are you guys not going to phase me? <laughs> My knees are jelly. Vernon, Vernon's like, you. please leave me alone, guys. Uh, but I was just going to say, Thursday night we get Texas Colts. Obviously, it's best for the Raiders if the Colts win that game. See, I, why so, do you think that? Oh, you think it's better? Oh, yeah, I guess you, you're right. You, you, the you want the Texans to win the division. You want the Texans to win the division. I forgot we've been talking about for five weeks. You want the Texans to win the division. That's right. Take it back. But... If the go, if go Texans. the Texans are six and four, if they lose this they game, if you're the the Raiders, you would if you beat the Jets, you'd have they would be below you. The scary thing is, is if you end up at the same number as they do, you want them to win the division. Yeah, which you want is, to be able which to, to me is very possible that they end up with the same number of wins as the Colts. Or the, yeah, it's just yeah. you're just you're tied now. There's less than half the season left. Odds you're are both flawed teams. You're, you're going to win some. You're going to lose one another. Yeah. I would agree. So, you play a lot. You play some of the same teams. I, I uh, honestly kind of like the Colts Thursday night. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that game. Anything, but I've seen the Chargers. The Chargers they say have played ten games this year. I think I've seen the Chargers play fifteen games this year. I don't know. Please, how for the love of God, no more. Don't make it. I, I can't do it anymore. I, I don't want to see Philip Rivers hitting the ground in agony anymore because he just threw a pick. I, I've, I've seen that image guy 76 times since 2011. Uh, this podcast, before we move on, is brought to you by Box of mm. Awesome. Yeah. Box of Awesome, we've been telling you about it. We've been getting it. You just, you just uh, I know you got the hoodie coming your way. I got the rejuvenators. Time to clean up some of my sneaks. Oh, good call. But there's a million things. I mean, there really is so many options. When you go to uh, boxofawesome.com, use the promo code HAM at checkout. You get 20% off. These are subscription boxes with sweet gear. 
That's what I like to describe them as. Yep, guy. To get started, just take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box for you. Release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. I got a sweatshirt coming. You got shoe cleaners coming. We've gotten bags. Right. We've gotten also knives. You name it. They've sent it. Oh, that's Each right. box guy costs only $45, but has over $70 worth of gear, swag, you name it, inside. Get 20% off. God, I, I love Box of Awesome. 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code HAM at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code HAM. 20% off your first box. What? When I first heard about Box of Awesome, I was like, I don't know. I don't. They're sending me stuff. What if I don't like it, or what if it doesn't fit? Or, but that's the beauty is you know what's coming before you get it. The first of every month, you get an email with the details of the box. You've got five days to change the colors, the sizes, add something extra to the box. If you're not feeling what's in that box, you just skip it. So it's very easy. And uh, like you said, we've got a bunch of cool gear. Boxofawesome.com. Enter the code HAM at checkout. You get twenty percent off. Podcast also brought to you by SeatGeek. Promo code HAM. Keep sending us, keep DMing us the pictures of the tickets you buy with promo code HAM. Ten bucks off. Very easy. Yeah, I love SeatGeek. Uh, just download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. Like you said, get yourself a little $10 discount. I, we've had a lot of people going to Raider games, going to Niner games. This guy, I don't know if you can hear the blower outside. I, I'm going to go scream, download no. the SeatGeek app to him. He should get it. Uh, SeatGeek, promo code HAM. It's really easy to use. Gives you green dots, good, good buys, red dots, bad buys. It's not just games. Like, you want to go to a Niner game, you want to go to a Raider game, you want to go to the Warrior game, you want to go to a Laker game. Pains me to say it. The Lakers are 12-2. and two. Those prices are only going to go up. You're going to need a little discount. Promo code HAM. Uh, but it's comedy, uh, shows, concerts, you name it. Just search the venue. You're like, oh, i got a venue by my house. We'll check out see what's coming. Maybe, you know, your favorite artist is coming. You just, you just never know, guy, until you search. And then you use our promo code HAM, you get a discount. SeatGeek, promo code HAM. There you go. How do you beat it? You don't. Uh, all right, Tua and the draft. Tua got surgery. Would you think was he uh, inebriated dancing in the bed, or was he just that happy uh, pre-surgery? Do you think a, he was? A lot of people on, thought he was on the morphine or whatever. I think at the time I think where they happy. showed him playing, I don't think he had surgery yet. He had sur- no, he, he had, had surgery Monday, so I. Now, could they still give him that to dumb the pain? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never. That was pre-surgery, I'm pretty sure. I've seen videos. I remember when I didn't know that much about him, and there was just like, Alabama's got this freshman. They, they're going to play him with Jalen Hurts. He's that good. Like, God, we don't really hear. You hear a lot of hype with Alabama players, but you never have ever heard it with quarterbacks. Like, I'm telling you, this Tua guy from fucking Hawaii, he's like Steve Young meets Russell Wilson. And I remember the quarterback coach tweeted a video of him playing the guitar, singing, and them all laughing. So I think he's just, I've always said this, I'm not a religious person. I've been around religious people in times of tragedy, and they handle things much better than people, like, I actually handle pretty well, but it's more just I'm not that emotional with death or whatever, or just crazy things, uh, which is not a good personality trait. But they handle stuff very, very well. And I know he's really religious and his family's all around him. I think he's just naturally pretty positive. Because Saban, Saban talked to the media yesterday. And the SEC Network tweeted it out. And they asked him about Tua. And he's like, well, Saturday night I called Tua. Or he went to the hospital. Tua told him, like, all he was asking, like, how'd the backup quarterback do? How was the game? He's like, Sunday night, 
Saban's like, I'm in my office for 12 hours watching a bunch of tape. I'm miserable, pissed off. I call Tua, you know, like 8 o'clock at night, check in on him. It's like, I'm the mad one. He's the happy one. He lifts my spirits. He's like, then I do it yesterday after the practice, and he's, all he keeps telling me is how he can't wait to go get back with his teammates. He's like, God, I'm, I'm the pissed off one. He's the one hurt, you know? And, I mean, it, it showed some, like, you know, some levity. With, it just kind of, just like, God, it kind of humanizes Nick. Like, even realizes, like, I don't need to be this mad. This guy's this happy because clearly he's the best player on their team. Best player might be strong because the receivers are good. Most important player on the team just because he is the quarterback throwing it to those guys. I mean, he's a fucking damn good player. And it's just, you know, I think sometimes with social media, and this is not really necessarily what we're going to talk about, but freaks out about the – like, it is football. And when you watch – I rewatched the clip yesterday. It's just two dudes from the SEC defensive linemen falling on him, you know? And two is not that – it's just – in an awkward yeah, position, it, too. I don't know if you've noticed, but Mississippi State, they're not – this isn't Cal Poly. I mean, Fletcher Cox, a dude that had a torn ACL, I think went 18th in the draft last year. Like, they are producing dudes up front. Like, those guys aren't slouches. Just a freaky deal. You know, because everyone always wants to go, why are they playing him? His ankle's injured. Well, it's not his ankle. He hurt his fucking hip. It wasn't even the same injury. It's like, remember when – a couple weeks ago when – Mahomes is kind of limping around there on the bad ankle, and then they run it on the quarterback sneak, and he dislocates his knee, and everyone's like, he shouldn't have been doing it. It's like, well, it's a different injury. It's just, it's this is football. It sucks, but guys get hurt. It's the one sport on any given play, any body, any body part can shatter, break, or dislocate for, for no other reason than just like kind of random, got in the wrong spot. People are doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's like perfect fundamentals. Yeah. You, you do what you I, – I bet Tua's like, I, I've made that move a million times and got away from a guy or had a guy fall on me and it felt fine. So, uh, in three months, he'll be able to begin athletic activity again. Schefter tweeted, by the spring, he'll be able to resume throwing, they think. Uh, that I, seems a little bullish, I don't know. doesn't it? It does, but I'm the doctor. This is, just, this is via the doctors. Um, the doctors tend to be pretty optimistic. Yeah, I feel well. I don't think. Let's so. say the doctors don't tend to be optimistic. The teams and the agents that report tend to be optimistic. You know when a well, team goes, yeah, that's the. He shattered his right leg. You're like, well, best case three to four weeks. Worst case could be three years. You're like, well, so it's not three to four weeks. They they always do these. Hey, it's four to nine weeks. So you're saying it's actually like four months. You know. Well, but here's what I would say too: is resume throwing is nowhere near ready to prove to NFL teams that nothing will be affected for the next Yeah, decade, like he right? could run a like, practice. Yes, that's different than being ready to play in a game and being ready to take a hit and be, whatever. I, I don't know about you. I do think he was likely to be the number one pick when the NFL draft rolled around. I mean, and I, part of the re- I didn't feel that way before the season. Watching Kyler run around has made me feel a little more like that. I'm not saying it couldn't have changed, but I do think we're talking about a guy who had a really good chance, obviously, everyone knows this, to be the number one pick. I think he might have been the number one pick when it all got when it all settled. Well, think if I just spliced the passes he made in the LSU game and you went to your GM and your head coach and you went, well, he was playing with a bum ankle in this game and look at these fucking throws. Right? Just those throws alone would be like, Jesus Christ. I don't know if he's a lock to be the number one pick pre-injury, 
But I feel pretty confident he was a locked top five pick. You know, sometimes like when Darnold went Yeah, three, maybe Chase Young would have gone yeah, one. I mean, th- he was going to yeah. go super, super high. Now, if I told you he had, instead of dislocated his hip, which I think is throwing a lot of us off because we don't feel confident talking about it, because I don't, you just kind of reading what doctors say, and I can't, there, there's nothing for me to base off. Well, these seven players responded to this. Well, think about every conversation we've had. It's like, well, based on the injury that the guy had in 1989, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, when do you ever well, talk about it? Like, no one it ever doesn't says happen. anything like, like if, that. I, if I had told you he had torn his ACL, would he have been infinitely better tearing his ACL just for the way people look at this than t- dislocating yeah. his hip? Because I got a DM the other day from a guy who just based off his Instagram picture looked like in his early 30s, said he had it happen to him. And said, you can recover. The problem is the arthritis and just the pain that comes years later. And he's like, it, it, for me, it was five and six years later. If I go to the gym, if I go on a hike, sometimes the next day, I'll just feel it. It, it gets really, really stiff, really, really sore. And I think anytime you have major surgery, sometimes the arthritis or just the pain comes in. Now, this guy's really young. Uh I just think there's a huge unknown. And there is an element, if you were a general manager, I, I think with the ACL injuries, if it's a clean ACL, the doctors can give you the thumbs up, like he's going to be okay. But you, you can also make a pretty educated guess, right? You're like, well, this guy, if he comes back, his game was already predicated on something different. And I'm just talking about any player. You know, if like Todd Gurley, I think he's going to be fine. And they were right, he was fine. Well, it turns out it just it ended up creeping back up on him, and he never even got re-injured. But they made an educated guess, and for the most part, they were right. And I think for, you know, really the guy that kept missing on ACL injuries, which he'd say, it was just like, God damn, I, I got unlucky, would be bulky. Because most guys that tear their ACL do come back in, in college, right? It's one thing to tear your ACL when you're like an eight-year pro, and you maybe you're never going to be the same. But when you're 21, I, I think they come back. But in this injury, right. if you're the general manager, let's say let's say you're the Chargers GM or the Dolphins GM, and your doctor is telling you, I, I think this guy's gonna be okay. Like I, I'm pretty sure if I have to give you a probability like 80-20, well, you're already getting probably less of a probability from your doctor than you definitely would off an ACL when he's like, it's like ninety eight two. You know, he's going to be okay. You just have to factor in. You're not going to be able to use this guy until the next year. Do you want all that? But he's going to be okay. This one is like, yeah, I'm pretty confident he's going to be okay, but I can't, like, stake my career on it. So then you're a GM. You're like, well, I'm not a doctor, so I can only base it on what he's telling me. He's telling me this percentage, which is way lower than just your typical broken leg or torn ACL or sometimes shoulder injuries or whatever. I think it's going to be a very nerve-wracking decision for any decision-maker. I'd even argue this, like like a Belichick. Let's say Brady comes signs a one-year deal after this season. Is it worth it for you to like risk, let's say he's falling, because everyone's kind of freaking out. It's like, let's say the doctors are saying, by the time the combine happens, because let's use this hypothetical, because this I'd say it's possible. He goes to the combine, gets checked. Word gets out, it's like 50-50. He may never be the same. That would freak everyone out. And then his agent would go on, you know, would try to counter it with like, that's not true, but it, it, that would be true in NFL circles. Would you say he'd probably fall out of the first round then? 
Like, yes. I, I think the bill of health for him, like, what... Because if it's like 90-10, it would be worth the risk. If we get to, like, under 70, I, I think that risk for a first-rounder, even though he plays quarterback, is pretty extreme. You know, look look at Saban when they didn't sign Drew Brees. He, all he did was just go off the doctor's like, yeah, his shoulder's never going to be the same. Saban's like, I liked him better than Dante Culpepper. What was I supposed to do? The doctor's an idiot? That, that's what makes these decisions tough. It's not like if you're a CEO and you're just acquiring a business, you're just going based off like the Excel spreadsheet. This one, you're basing your decision off something you don't really know anything about, and that guy is just convincing you one way or the other. That, that is what makes being a GM hard when it comes to injury acquisitions, right? You are, it's somewhat out of your control, just the knowledge on what it is. You're based off your trainer and your doctors are telling you. That's why you got to hack the system like Jerry and have your doctor do the surgery. But even then, I, I bet, wouldn't you imagine that that doctor did talk to a lot of people and was just like, yeah, it was a pretty intense surgery. Because even, he has drop foot. Still, he just overcome it. Yeah. I mean, part of this too is how good do you think he's going to be? Right? Do you think he's a general? Do you think he's a Pro Bowl? Well, let, let's assume that everyone, the the general consensus okay. thought he was a lock top five pick. He was going to be a really good NFL player because I, I do think most people I talk to hold the guy held the guy in really high esteem. This is a curveball though, because again, it's yeah. th- there's just a huge element of unknown. Like if you were a GM, would you start doing a bunch of your own research on this? But wouldn't that just kind of clap? Like how confident would you be even studying stuff like this? You know. Yeah, I mean, you would not get away in your press conference with, you know, I did a lot of reading on hip injuries. That can't be your number one reason when you go to the media to tell them you drafted When you say the, the number one reason is... I did a lot of reading. I did read some journals. The number one reason would be our doctors felt very, very confident. What else would you be able to say? Because like, you couldn't put your... You're not a doctor. Yeah, and really what matters is how they... What they... you Because... You, even if your doctors told you it was 60-40, you probably wouldn't tell the media it was 60-40. But I don't think you'd, but I don't you'd, think say, you'd draft him high if he's 60-40. No, I know. I'm just saying the only way, the only thing you say is we think he's got a good chance to figure it out. Because didn't even when they drafted Jalen Smith, for example, In the which was a, at the time, I mean, a devastating injury, remarkable what he's accomplished. They even were like, yeah, this is we're kind of swinging for the fences on this one. We had inside information. We're still, he's going to need the year off. They were keeping their fingers crossed. It didn't feel like Dallas was like, we, we schooled everybody. <laughs> we fooled you idiots. No, I was like, yeah, we're hoping. He's taking the year off. We'll see. And then, Yeah, but think about this. They drafted him at what number? That was top half yeah, of the I think second it was round. Like, yeah, top between like 32 and 40. Round. It was high in the second round. Am I, it, and he's not a quarterback. And it was not 80-20. Right? It was at best 50-50. I'm pretty sure. Is that I'm what it pretty felt sure like? their draft was uh, was Zeke, Jalen Smith, and Dak in the same draft, but I might not be 100% sure on that. If that's true, that's insane. They didn't sign the offensive lineman that fell out of the draft that year, did they? That was the next year. Guy, their draft in 2016, Zeke... Jalen Smith, Dak Prescott. Oh, Jalen Collins. Yeah, uh, was it Jalen or like Lyle? Lyle Collins. Collins. 
That was before that. I think that might have been the year before. That was 15. So the, they've had a pretty good run of player acquisition. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was 15. But but John, was it 50 What was it with What was it with Jalen Smith? Was it 60-40, 50-50? But I'm I think the saying. Cowboys were even saying it was 50-50, but we felt comfortable with the doctor. We still but but you you do that right. in the second round, not the first. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying like this is a quarterback now. So if you're at the end of the second if you're at the end of the first round and you're Bill, you're going well, he's someone's going to do the someone's going to take him at 38. This is my shot. I think it's 60-40, but this if it hits, like this guy is the quarterback of the future. Yeah, if it's bad, like if it's not the 90% and closer to the 50, someone still might trade up and take a huge swing with like their second for, you know, trade up from middle of the second round to the end of the first round just take a swing on it. Especially if their draft board is like, I'm not drafting anybody I love anyway. But maybe it's somebody who otherwise would have traded but, back. But like again, Seattle, guy, like you, you get, uh, you'll get credit. Like, oh, the value. <laughs> Remember the Niners? Ruben, the value. And now it's different. But when it doesn't work out, it's still a shitty pick. Because I, I can think of countless ones off the top of my head. Howie Roseman got a lot of credit for Sidney Jones, and that backfired. So you, you take these injury guys – and we've just seen a ton of them here in the Bay just because Balky did like 10 in a row. It, it does feel like for every Jalen Smith, there's like five, you know, uh, tank Carradines or Lattimore was more extreme and he went in the fourth round. And I, I think yeah. they, everyone's like, he's never going to play in the NFL. And Balky was like, I don't care. I'm still going to take him, right? That, that was more extreme. I think it happens a lot in the second round. An ACL guy or a, a Achilles guy. For the first time now, a uh, uh, severed hip guy. You know, I, to me, second round feels about right. Like his, I can't like top ten with the hip. Can you see that? Unless everyone's like it was perfect, no. and he's fine. Which doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. I'd be surprised. I'd be pretty surprised. So, I do. What What are the odds right now? You think he's a first round pick? Hundred fifty percent. Or you still think he could be end of the without first knowing anything on the hip? I'd I'd probably still lean fifty one forty nine. He's a first round pick, just like you said. The, the 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 element and the variable that's just it. He is a quarterback, right? So if he is a functional quarterback, because there are going to be conversations in the teams that are bullish on him. Well, they said Drew Brees would never play again. They said this guy would never play again, and he does. Right? It's happened before. And that's where I think that's I think, where I think uh, teams freak out because the doctor medically, you know, cancels a guy. And I bet Saban's doctor at Miami was like a pretty accomplished doctor, right? I bet at the time when he did it, that guy was the smartest guy in the room. And ever since, he'd probably be like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe I, I fucked up. Maybe he didn't even fuck up. Just off the information I've had, that I, I didn't think he would be able to do it. I don't know. But I think teams also look that." Well, we've seen a lot. We've can't we've, you know, canceled guys off our draft board in the past, and we've been wrong. And that's why I think as a GM, it gets really difficult because you know nothing about medicine, really. You you don't know anything about. It. Now, I think you learn with experience and being around it. You're just you're talking with doctors and trainers a lot, but there is just a huge unknown that you don't like. You can quantify when you're watching tape how fast a guy is, or when you're talking to a guy like how wired he is. But that, the the medical stuff is. It's like the IT guy at work. They just 
They got a built-in advantage. They just know shit you don't know. <laughs> they got you by the balls, and you're just luckily for. The, if they want to read all your emails. Yeah, they can read they all your check emails. Check your text message. You are fucked. You better be nice to that guy because he could he could put out an egg Twitter account and just screw you. Where the doctor, you just. I think you've seen it as a human yourself, right? These guys help you. They help your players. You trust them, but you know that they're not they're not batting a thousand. And that's where I would imagine, like, it would be fascinating to know, were any of the guys bulky picked over the years players that the doctors told him it wasn't a good idea and he kind of went rogue? Right. Because I'd imagine one of the or, four or five, or, just the, they, they gave him a percentage that was low and he's like, I'm going to take the risk. Yeah, but it's also like a value proposition, like... We don't think it's a good. We don't think the value is good, or we don't think it's likely that this player recovers. But then he's sitting there in the fourth round. He doesn't like anybody else, and he goes, "Well, let's take a shot on the thirty percent." I'm going in eyes wide open that this is a thirty percent success rate. But if it hits, it's going to be great. You just do that with half your roster. It's I a think problem. the other issue is, guy, like when you miss on a character guy, like a Ruben Foster, or you acquire an Antonio Brown, you get shit for it. But the player gets a lot of shit for it, too. Like, God, the guy just couldn't keep his shit together. Like, what is wrong with that individual? Now, you shouldn't acquire him, but this is the big leagues. You know, the guy's got to be a grown-up. I think the scary thing with injured guys, and this happened to Balky a couple times, they never even play. Like, there is a chance, worst-case scenario, Tua never plays football again. So you draft a guy in the first round. It's one thing to, like, it sucks, but you had to cut Reuben Foster because he got arrested on a road trip when he was your starting middle linebacker. <laughs> There's another that Tua, who's perfect off the, like, not going to be an issue trouble-wise, he just never is able to play because his body never allows it. Like, that yeah. is... The- but you know what Trent Balky would probably say is, like, it's a 50-50 proposition well, that's what anyway. They would, that, if the that, guy's that's not what they hurt. would all say. Yeah. And if he doesn't have red flags. Well, well, do you know what he'd say, standpoint. too? It's a coin flip no matter what. Wait, so you're what? saying I get him in the second round? It's not even a 50-50 proposition then, guy. It's like a 30-70 right. proposition. So Jerry's like, I was getting a 30-70 proposition anyway. I just drafted a guy that would have been healthy a top seven pick. So, yeah, I fucking took a, I, I, I took a swing. I took a swing on a guy that was a Pro Bowl player pre-injury. Lock. Now, yeah, he may never play. Or, if he gets back to 60% of it, he's still better than more than likely the guy fully healthy that I would pick. Yeah, you're just dealing with humans. Good luck. So. I hope he ends up in... New England? Yeah. <laughs> That's where I hope he goes. Me too. I don't want the Patriot Dynasty to end. Uh, just, I just want Bill to just be like, you know what? I got no reason to retire. I was watching a little bit of his press conference today. You know, he's... Where's he going to go? Like, what, what's he going to do? He just I, I, I think what he looks forward to the most, even more than Sundays, I think he looks forward to like Monday afternoon into Tuesday afternoon where he he attacks the plan. Like just gets all the players, gets all their coaches, what they like to do, attack every inch of their vulnerabilities. I think that he, he lives to me for Monday, Tuesday, and then his Wednesday install meeting with the team. I, I think he likes that as much as he likes game days. Well, first of all, judging from Cougar Linda's Instagram in the offseason, Bill's life is fine. Like, Bill gets his relaxation time. 
And I was talking to a retired guy the other day. He's like, you don't understand. When you retire, you have to have a plan. You cannot just like, oh, I'm just going to wake up one day and start winging it. It's like you will get bored so fast. And again, it's not like Bill is not working 365 days in the mines. Like Bill's, I think his life's pretty good. Like I just don't see any reason for him. He doesn't have a baby at home that he's got to, missing out on them growing up. Like that, that part's you, over. Did you see the viral clip on Julian Edelman with Belichick? No. His first year in New England, like on his, I guess Julian Edelman did a documentary, and they did an outcut at the end, and they said the first time that he, he said he had spoke like three words to Bill, it's like you know, September in the season, so it was like week four or five, and Edelman, he had made the team as like a seventh round pick, but him and Bill did not talk at all, so Jules was just always on edge. He just knew that New England, you just work hard, and Julian's like. I fucking lived in the facility. I'd be the first guy there beside Brady. I'd be the last guy out. One night, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Julian goes to the weight room to get an extra lift. Belichick's in there on the treadmill, like, you know, doing highlights on uh, with his highlighter pen on paper. Doesn't say any word. Bill kind of looks at him, doesn't even acknowledge him. They just keep working out. Then Julian showers. He's going to go, like, get a cold tub with his knee or something. He goes to the where the cold tubs are. Belichick's in the sauna or the or it might have been the hot tub, ass naked. <laughs> Bill's just sitting there. Ju- doesn't even acknowledge Julian. Julian just gives him the head nod, walks by. Bill gets out ass naked, puts a towel on, walks. About five minutes later, they both have put on their clothes. They're just headed to the parking lot to leave because it's like eleven o'clock at night. And yeah. Julian just he realized he's got to say something. He's like well, coach, working late or something. He just throws out something random. And all Bill's response is, it beats being a plumber and doesn't break stride and walks to his car and goes home. <laughs> this was in 2010. So this was... I got to find yeah, it. It's pretty funny. The, 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 like, the thing that went viral is that Julian saw him naked because he gets out of the, 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 the hot tub. And I think Julian's like, I didn't know you'd go into these things naked. I thought you had to wear, like, pants. <laughs> Bill does whatever the fuck he wants. But I think the the thing you get out of it is, one, Bill, I mean, is just an, if, if football was crack, Bill's an addict. And he's an addict more, like, people see the Sunday stuff. Belichick didn't get into this thing 40 years ago to be on TV or to make $12 million a year. That's what, to me, like, there are a lot of coaches that I think got into it, just like in this business that you and I do, getting into it, are they really in it for the right reasons? Or Bill is in it for the football, you know? And I mean the football football. And I think a lot of the old, like Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, when these guys got into football, I I would imagine if you went through all three of their first jobs, Pete and Bill are the same age, Andy's a little younger. But I think Andy started at like San Francisco State, you know, was his first coaching job. Probably paid him like nine grand a year. Like, they didn't get into the grind for, like, well, I'm going to get an agent and I'm going to make a ton of money and I'm going to be famous, you know? Yeah, I, I think, too, it's because Bill appears miserable at his press conferences. People think he's just – he is miserable, but he is not miserable. But but I don't think he's – he also doesn't live in happiness. Like, he's not, you know, rainbows and sunshine. But, but, I, but, but it's, it's not – yeah, it's not about smiling happiness. It's about feeding whatever beast you have inside like, you. As you called like, him an addict. Like, that's what he's able do to do. You get, do you enjoy the grind of preparing for a game? Uh, yeah, it's hard to, once I get in it, yes. 
I do. They get down the rabbit hole of grinding, getting ready for a game. Yeah, yeah. Because you just putting it's putting a big puzzle together. Especially when it's a game that you don't know much. I don't like puzzles. You don't know but... much about the players or the game. It doesn't even matter which type. Yeah, it's just, I, yeah. I like do like it. When you called a Warriors game, there's also a pressure that comes with it. Like, you're going to be judged, in theory. Kind of like a football coach. Like, just knows when you're getting right. ready, people are going to judge you whether you win or lose. It's basically you're just preparing for right. a test that you don't know. You got no clue what the questions are going to be. Now, you in football, you have some idea, right? You can look at the, you know, what happened. Because there was a play, I think on Sunday Night Football, where one of the Chiefs offensive linemen went out. They had their start, uh, they're all their five offensive linemen were starting for the first time, I think, all season, or maybe since like week one. And this random guy comes in, and Al just like peppered off a couple. You just, the great thing about sports, you never know at any moment some crazy fucking thing could happen, right? A leg right. could shatter. I mean, a coach could go down with a heart attack. You just, ne- I mean, we've seen every scenario you can think of in a game, college or pro, has happened. So you just you never know the curveball that's coming, or the game could just be great. But but that I think you get. I know for me, like you take a lot of satisfaction in like the curveball. That's what coming. I'm saying. You weren't you didn't know what was going to happen, but you were ready for every eventuality. Like like a, like a coach like, would say, like the, say, they spend so much time yeah. preparing for shit that never comes. But they would tell you if you coach for 30 years. It's happened five times of those the times that I've spent. Like, why am I doing this? Because you spend time probably after a game. You're like, why There's did I go? No, every game. I'm like, why am I going through every player for football on defense and figuring out if they've ever scored a touchdown? But, before? like, would you well, spend time? It's happened twice. If you were get- It's happened twice that a guy scores the first touchdown of his career. In college. Yeah, and I wouldn't know. Like, on D, like a pick six, right? Like, some senior scores a touchdown, and it's, or even on offense. And I wouldn't have known it if I didn't go through every single player's career stats. Would you? And in college, that's a lot of guys. Like, if you're getting ready for a college football game, do you even waste time on guys that are redshirting and not going to play? Because they ain't really going to come up, were they? No. I mean, you have, like, if they're a player who is hurt, who the team needed, yes. Or if it's, like, their quarterback next year is this guy that's redshirting, then yes. That's, like, big picture context. But he doesn't go on the board as in like a spotting. It's just a side note. Do you think Al Michaels sits there and builds out a board every week? I don't know. He might have somebody. A lot of lot a lot of people have people make them for them. Yeah, it's, it's, which I understand because it is just it's a ton of like grimy. But how would he prepare for the game? Well, I mean, you could have somebody do the basics for you. Just build the template for you with the basic numbers. Like me looking for the numbers usually doesn't get me anything but the number in the yeah. end. So I don't need like that part of it. I would be happy to have somebody else do it. <laughs> that part, but whatever. Yeah. Al's um, also calling Sunday night football. We're typically pretty famous players. Who's the quarterback yeah, for the Packers out? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let me check the board. Right. No, but like exactly. for the Niners is going to be a little tricky for him because like who's he throwing to Kendrick? Like there are some randoms on the Niners. But even then, it's like you've got a board. There's only five receivers yeah. on it. There's not a lot. Like you do college football. There's like sixteen that, guys. There might be truly twenty guys. But all right, headlines. Let's do it, guy. What do you like? You go first. Alex Smith is Alex Smith is Alex Smith's video. 
that his, I guess his wife put out a one-year anniversary of his injury, like a bunch of photos through the year. I didn't realize quite how – I don't know about you – when you see him back on the field wearing like the big sleeve on his leg, I cringed every time he took a step. Like, ugh, ugh, I hope his leg isn't about to snap. I can't imagine how hard it is to when trust When he was carrying the squat something. rack. He's carrying the squat rack or he's like on the treadmill. I'm just – but he clearly is going to come back. He is coming back, right? If you don't get a little emotional watching that, I don't know if you're human. Like, it, it was as inspirational of anything I've seen probably this year. Sports or non-sports. It was just, this guy, if you don't root for Alex Smith, you're a fucking loser. That's, that was my take. Like if, if, if you can't stand up and like applaud, I, we have nothing in common as human beings. Because that, he's made probably over $100 million in his career. His injury was clearly devastating. I mean, his compound fracture, bones sticking out. It was really bad, and then they fucked up the surgeries, and he's with the Redskins. I, some of the tweets were like, how are you guys trusting the Redskins to handle this? That's the, that's the other elephant in the room. <laughs> this guy has this major injury with this franchise who have had some pretty consistent like red flags with their training slash medical staff, and Alex seems to trust him because the videos sure look like to me they were at the Redskins training facility, right? The one on the treadmill was looking out over the football fields. That had to be the Redskins facility. And I, 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 it felt like when he was walking with the squat racks, he's with the Redskins outside. He's, he's giving them full, full access to his. You don't think he has that squat rack at home in the <laughs> no, garage? I, just uh, wearing Redskins shorts. Just a uh, will, will to not be denied. You know, I don't know if he'll ever come back, but he sure. He's going to do everything in his possible power to come back. Dwayne Haskins. If Alex was 50% right now, would they start Alex over Dwayne Haskins? I know what the offensive <laughs> lineman would do. Now, someone tweet. What do you think the text that those guys send to Alex? Someone like? did tweet out a play that the guy that was kind of laughing or giving the face, like, what the fuck did you just say? He yeah. got smoked on one play where he didn't even touch the D lineman, and someone's like, I get it's funny, and it was, but let's not act like this guy's Anthony Munoz over on the left side because he's getting beaten like a drum. Like, at least just say, hey, man, we got you. We'll do whatever. We hate you, but we'll I'll try hard. I don't know. But, like, that group is you don't think he You don't think he pulled a uh, – who's the guy that whiffs so Scott Mitchell could get uh, tackled? Uh, Damian Woody. You don't think he pulled I, Damian I, Woody? Probably not. Was it Damian Woody, or was he telling about a, a story about his teammate? Or was it, Lo- it, was it, it was Lomas, Lomas Brown? Brown? That's who it was. It was Lomas Brown. You really got to hit your quarterback if you're going to get him killed like that. Well, I, I mean, those guys clearly don't believe in him or don't like him. or both. Guy, He charged people to go to his draft party. I, I can never get over that. You just either have a family party – or have a big part. Like, do one or the other. You don't charge. This is not the club here, buddy. Like, this, are, are you that big of an idiot? Do you think it was his idea? Well, I, I think he's got his dad or his brother or someone is clearly leaking all these stories to the media that is just so clear coming from family members. Like, Josina, I, I, I can't read one more story from you on this guy and not fully fucking believe that it's coming from a family member. I, I don't believe any of it. Now, I'm not giving the Redskins the benefit of the doubt on this. The whole thing's a disaster. They were, if this kid was ever going to have a chance, it wasn't going to be with that team. <laughs> because this, I, I was thinking about this. 
an NFL job is an NFL job. There's only 32 of them. They usually pay at minimum, like Anthony Lynn. If you're going to be the lowest paid guy in an industry, it doesn't suck to be the lowest paid NFL foot head football coach. Like, you're like, okay, I'm the lowest paid guy. I make $4.2 million a year. Like, <laughs> sucks for me. You know, I mean, it could be worse. Think about this job. It's the, like, the buzz around the team's never been shittier. Everyone, even their own fans hate them. You just drafted a quarterback in the first round that your owner picked that clearly the league was pretty lukewarm on, just it didn't feel like that many people liked him. You're going to have potentially a top two pick, so you could take Burrow or Herbert. But are those guys going to be an option with just having taken Haskins? So you're going to have to coach Haskins at minimum probably for two years, who you might hate. Who, who are they going to get to take their job, guy? Has there been a worse job opening in the NFL when you factor in the Haskins situation that the owner Hugh? likes him? Yeah, I mean, would they hire Hugh? You know, that 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 to me is like what they're going to do. I, I'm signing up for that. Uh, do you? By the way, I mean, we're aren't we in the range where we have to talk about the Bengals going zero and sixteen? Now they do play the Browns twice. They do play the Dolphins again. Or they do play the Dolphins, and they do play the Jets. So maybe they I, I feel like they'll win a game if you just play hard, yeah. you bounce. But once, what are they now? Zero and ten. You're just yeah playing the Steelers. You're only this week. six games away now, you, and really they're going to lose that game. So you're five games away. There are there's a bunch of games this week. So I mean, like Thursday is two, is Colts and Texans playoff implications. Uh, Sunday we got obviously we're, we're I'm talking about games where two teams have playoff. Hopes. I mean, Eagles, Seahawks. We keep writing the Eagles off. This one would really but, end. But it. but does it because Dallas plays New England? So if New England beats them, five and six. Eagles will be five. And but six. I'm saying, but what would Dallas be? Maybe six and six or six and six and uh, five. Six and five. And the Eagles still play them at home. I'm just saying, like the Cowboys aren't running away with it. Yeah. So there's one game. Then you got. The game you're talking about, Cowboys Pats. That's two games. Packers what if, Niners, what if Philly? Games, what if Philly Ravens, wins that game and Dallas four. loses? Yeah, then they're six, six and five, and six and five. I'm saying if Philly were to lose, but yeah, you're right. If they were games to win, in Philly, right? Which they could. Games in Philly. So what is that? Six games with where it's two playoff teams: Rams, Ravens, or playoff hopefuls. Where, Rams, Ravens, where is Niners, that Packers, Rams, Cowboys, Ravens Pats. L.A. I didn't know they were playing. Texans, Colts, and... Uh, that's a sneaky, pretty good game, Rams-Ravens. Eagles-Seahawks, that's yeah, fine. Titans-Jags? I mean... Well, I mean, if the, well, the Titans six, win, they'd be 6-5. Five five. Five. What is the Titans record? 5-5? Five yeah. five? Yeah. I think the Jaguars are kind of screwed. At 4-6, and six, it's probably yeah. over. But uh, I'm not down on the Titans. It, it pains me to say this non-football related. I was watching NBA TV had on the Laker game last night. They're pretty good. <laughs> They're 12 and 2. Rondo's throwing like no look alley-oops to LeBron. LeBron looks just sweet. They they look really good. And I just typed in Lakers to Twitter and it wasn't even a lot of shit talking. Like we're back. It was more just like, god, I haven't enjoyed watching the Lakers in like 8 years. Like just their fans are like, god, this team's fun to watch. I mean, they are mm-hmm. They're the only team that's – I mean, the ratings came out. They're in the tank. The The Lakers, of course, are crushing. I mean, they're doing pretty well. I wonder 
I don't know. I could probably go to like Fred Rogan, that guy that does local TV in LA. The rating, the tell, like what was more watched in LA? The Lakers played Sunday night, and the Rams, uh, the Rams Bears played Sunday night. Like, what did the Lakers get more views than the Rams? I would imagine. Is everyone able to watch the Lakers these days? Uh, isn't that just the Dodgers, or is that both? Is it? I don't know. I thought it was just the Dodgers. I, I thought the Lakers played in, on a different network. Is Spectrum, Spectrum different than Fox Sports or wherever the Dodgers were playing? Yeah, maybe you're right. I, is, is that one of the more underrated? Probably right. You would think. Is more that people. one of the more underrated sports stories in all of America? The fucking Dodgers can't be watched by sixty percent of the market. Like that's imagine if like oh yeah only. Uh, only the South Bay gets the Warriors. You're like, what? Huh? How, how's that even okay? And it, it, honestly, it kind of speaks to the market. Like, there would, that wouldn't, I don't think that would fly up here. It just flies on there. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just check the box scores. Maybe it's different in baseball, too. So they're not on direct or dish. The the Warriors or the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. They've had one of the great, like, six year regular season runs in baseball history. <laughs> Sucks for Joe Davis. Yeah. Like, God, no one's even watching me. Uh, don't worry, he gets his he gets <laughs> yeah, his face done. He's okay. Don't you worry about JD. Uh, what else? I mean, those are the I mean, the college football slate. I mentioned Penn State, Ohio State. That's you see, the good. quarterback for Penn State had to delete his Instagram account because he was getting death threats after the Minnesota game. <laughs> no, I did yeah, not I mean, see I, that. I, I don't pay much. And maybe this is not a good thing because I had a stalker. Is that I, I think what happened? He with just that? went away. Like I, I don't pay any attention to social media. I, I don't even think it's real. If I got it, if someone's like, "I'll kill you," like I'd be like, "Okay, cool." I, I don't think any of it's real. I, I really don't. And maybe that's maybe I'm dumb. I I, I, I see people like middle cop. Why aren't you apologizing on Twitter for your Raiders take? Like because it's fucking Twitter. I listen to what I say. I don't. None of it means anything. I could say. I can say anything on it doesn't it's never meant less than it does currently November 20th 2019 and every day that goes by it means less and less so I if you got death threats and I get as a as a young guy I get it would feel bad but I, I don't think it also getting you know when you're to me part of the deletion is probably just your phone will not stop well, blowing yeah. up like, yeah guys we lost sorry <laughs> shit happens we won the next week uh Penn State is at 18 point. What I would do if I won. Chase Young's what, back. I saw week. that. What I would do if I won, if I was that kid, I'd get back on Instagram and I would just tweet, what's up now, motherfuckers, and tweet a picture just flipping off just my hand with a middle finger. Kill me now. I took, I took names. <laughs> do you think um, NFL scouts want Oregon to be in the college football playoffs so they can watch Herbert against, you know, like Clemson or Ohio State or – LSU. Yeah, because you would get two back-to-back weeks of him to like Utah and then against LSU. You couldn't ask for much more than that, right? If you were evaluating the kid. Uh, yeah, I think that would probably go a long way if you're from a scout's from everybody. I think the Utah game is going to be pretty. There are going to be some scouts in the house. It will be. There, is Utah's defense better than Oregon's there, defense? Uh, yeah. I mean, Utah's defense is. Utah as a team, they're one of three teams that's top 10 in college football in yards per play on both offense and defense. I think it's them, Clemson, and Ohio State. Those are the three teams that are top 10. Do you feel the way that the 
college football committee did the one through six that is set up for Oregon to jump or not a guarantee if this backup quarterback looks good for Alabama? I think it's set up for them to jump Alabama. What if they have two 20-point wins or something? I just think by the end, Oregon will be able to play in a conference championship game, and that's when they'll jump if they beat Utah. Because Alabama won't be playing that weekend. They just won't play in a conference championship game, and they won't. The win over Utah will be better than any of Alabama's. You know what the LSU Arkansas line is this week? Uh, I think it's like like 48. It's it's enormous. Ed, Ed Ogeron openly talked in the in the uh, in. Well, I mean, they fired their coach. They got an interim. I watched yeah. his press conference, and he, he was already openly talking about like balancing when to yank Burrow because they kept asking him like, right, "How 44. do you figure it out? Like, if you're up because when Tua got hurt, they were up thirty five to seven. And, and two yeah, minutes, and that's he's like, you know, guys don't want to come out. There's a balance. You want to let guys get reps, but you also got to, you know, that's going to play a part. I mean, he's just openly talking how they're going to kick the shit out of Arkansas. But the other element was like, how do you play against an interim coach? That's what's weird about some of these late season games. You get some teams give their best shot and some teams just tap out, you know. And Arkansas might just be that terrible. But like who are, could, is there any chance Oregon could get upset these last couple of weeks? Like could Oregon State beat them or is that game in in, in Eugene? Uh, I don't think it matters where that game is. I don't think Oregon State's good enough. They are explosive on offense. Like, they're legitimately explosive on offense. They've got – Isaiah Hodgins is a legitimate – like, he's probably a top two-round NFL receiver. He's I, got really a, I got one for you. Um, But they, I was just going to say, they play ASU on ABC on Saturday. It's an ABC 430. I think it's Herbie and the guys. Their defense is solid. Uh, ASU just plays in only close games under Herm. Only close games. So well, here's the other thing that's going to benefit Herbert for just the national media and just what we all think, let alone the NFL people, is the conference championship for the Pac-12 is on Friday night, right? It's kind of a standalone game. It doesn't go up against the Big yeah. Ten and Big Twelve and SEC championship games on Saturday. It's not mixed in with any of the games, which sucked the last couple of years because it wasn't that much on the line. But if that game is for a playoff spot and it has the guy that might be the number one pick in the draft, people are going to be watching that thing, right? That's a huge benefit of playing on Friday night. You get a sure. lot of eyeballs. So that, and you're playing Utah, which everyone, I mean, statistically and just kind of the narrative on them is their defense is big time. Yeah, I mean, I think what helps this year is that people came into the season expecting Utah to be like people, like they were just a trendy pick when the season started. So when they're not sneaking up wh- on anybody. When is that game? Like December 6th? Yeah. So you're actually coming off a short week, right? Because you play on Saturday. Correct. It's intense. Big big moment for the Pac-12. And the rivalry game. You know, you're coming off rivalry games. Who's Well, I get Utah's not. Utah's. I think Utah finishes with Colorado. Yeah. Is that technically their quote-unquote Pac-12 rival? Ge- it's just a yeah, part. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't. There's no rivalry. Because every other – it makes sense, right? Because the two Washingtons, two Oregons, two Northern, two Southern, two Arizonas, and then just the two Mountains. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it did geographically make sense to have those two teams. Yeah. I think it's been good. I, yeah, I mean, get, when I you say a game changer for the University of Utah, <laughs> change, their, change their whole school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to talk about the I NBA? Mean, or okay. Is anyone even game? watching it? It's not going <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> we, we would, but we – DM us and tell us if you're yeah, watching I mean, the NBA. I actually watched some of the Warriors game last night. They, they, gave, they, they gave good effort. 
They, they beat Memphis. No, it does, but I mean, I, I mean this in all sincerity. I saw your video of like third splash, brother, and then the ball hits the side of the. Well, backboard. I listened to some of Marcus and Tim's podcast, and it was just all it was like they're all eighty two on the athletic, and they're yeah. just crushing Jordan Poole. They're like, this guy stinks. It looks like a miss, and I guess he's been terrible. Like his misses are awful, and I was I text Marcus because like the second possession of the game, Poole just strokes a three. It's like, oh, you guys. I text him like, you guys are crushing this guy. He looks good. The next three shots, guy. We're like air ball, major brick, wide open. Then that shot, and I text Marcus. I'm like, you've been watching the NBA a long time. Have you ever seen a two guard? It's one thing to like a stretch four or something. A two guard hit the side of the basket, and his response was like, well, not a good one. And I mean, that's because that is a <laughs> devastating miss. Would you agree? Hit the side of the backboard as a shooting guard on a wide open wide shot. open shot. Well, that's what Strauss was saying. The concerning thing about his stats are his bad shooting numbers are mainly like he is not being covered. Like they are wide open. He is. He stinks. But you know the pressure of like, you know, everyone's looking at you. You start thinking, do I stink? It's tough. It's pro sports, you know. You see who's, you see who's not terrible? I got to check the numbers before I actually make this take because I'm basing it off of one YouTube uh, highlight that I saw. Markel Fultz. Well, no, he had a sweet dunk the other day. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I saw was a steal well, and a dunk. Marcus had a good line. He's like, everyone always asks, you know, the best, all you could ever ask for at the highest level is an opportunity. Like, just give me an opportunity, coach. You know what sometimes opportunities do? They lead to failure. They lead, they expose people. You know, I think we talk about this a lot with backup quarterbacks. Like, God, that guy's been a backup for 10 years. Yeah, because he's never had to start. But if you talk to quarterbacks, they would say, "Yeah, my opportunity came with three bad off with three backup offensive linemen well, and a coach." But, that but you know what I know but, I, but I tell most of them that we're just lifetime backups. You know, you were just a lifetime backup, and you got lucky you didn't really yeah. get exposed. Markel, ten and a half points a game, shooting eighty-two percent from the free throw line. Uh, twenty-one percent from three, but okay, playing twenty-four minutes a game. I mean, all right. How many free throws has he actually taken a night? You know what's pretty good is uh, the two Gonzaga guys, Hachimura and Brandon Clark, and yeah, Brandon really. Clark, who plays for Memphis. Yeah, they're really He's good. He's like, oh, yeah, no wonder they've been the number one seed like the last three years with those two fucking guys. Sometimes yeah. you realize, like, how did that program maintain? You're like, oh, how did Butler go to the national championship? And you're like, oh, Gordon Hayward's a max guy. <laughs> you had a max NBA player at a mid-major. You're like, oh, I get it. And you had a and you had an NBA coach, dude. He's twenty three of twenty eight from the free throw line. Yeah, Mark I mean, guys, I I always believed you didn't. I'm kidding. I, I didn't really have an opinion. Besides, <laughs> later. Piece. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.